full of them. From low-budget crap fests to downright unwatchable. And only two men are willing to watch them all. So climb in and take your seat. This is Short Bus Cinema. Let's do it. Welcome back to another fun-filled episode of Short Bus Cinema, episode number 18. That's right, number 18. And man, uh, you know, this is this is a personal movie for me, so I'm excited to bring this one on. If you don't know who I am, I'm Rick. I'm one of your hosts here. And also, the other cool, the party animal himself, Mr. Johnny Krug. What's up, my man? What's up, <laughs> party man. animal? That's right. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of drug Johnny into this one. I sent him a, uh, a clip of it, and I said... Have you ever seen this movie? He's like, no. I was like, oh, we got to do this one. <laughs> this is oh. this is a this is a fun one. So, oh man. Uh, so, could you call it a bad movie? Yeah, obviously it's a bad movie, but it's bad. But it's so good. <laughs> oh, there are movies. I mean, there are movies like that myself that I know are just terrible movies, but I love them to death. <laughs> yeah. This one we're talking about a movie called from 1984 called Party Animal. Uh, real low budget. Uh, I saw this the year that it came out, and at 14 years old, this was everything I wanted every movie in the world to be. <laughs> this movie was absolutely perfect for that age that I, when I saw this thing. It just made a lasting impression on me. It's got so many great things in it, man. I just absolutely love this movie. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun talking about it because if you haven't seen this, you're going to want to take the time to check this Joker out. Yes, it belongs on the bus, but man, this movie is just awesome. <laughs> I'd never seen it. I'd never even heard of it before. And uh, it's one of those movies that, I mean, I'm not going to say too much now, but it, it quickly, it worked its magic on me pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so just think of like a, a lower grade uh, Revenge of the Nerds. You know, it's kind of got that kind of feel to it, but it's uh, a bit more campy, a bit more nasty. Uh, we'll just leave it at that. So I'm super excited to talk about this one. I'm I was so afraid that Johnny may say eh, I didn't care for it, but I I knew man, it, he and I are just kind of cut out of the same material. So I knew he would dig this movie. So we're gonna have a blast talking about this one. So stick around, folks. <laughs> we'll be right back after this. Horror Podcast, the podcast that will change your life forever. Repetition of the repetition. Is that a word? That is now a word. Intense. 
Zero whatevers. So insightful that you will question your place in the universe. You just said you wanted to see somebody stab a fish. Mind blowing. That is not what, that's not, no. Inspiring. It's one of two things all the way through. Either predictable or stupid. Life changing. This is going to be filled with spoilers. Black Anna's Horror Podcast. Exclusively available on the Legion Podcast Network. It's almost like a little advertisement. Yeah, the advert makes it sound so promising. with the party animal from 1984 the movie is 5.3 on imdb that's the rating it's been given wow 5.3 yeah that's i'm impressed it it's higher than most things we do on the show so wow Um, but the movie stars Matthew Causey as the, the main character of the movie, and uh, it is directed by David Beard, who, from what I, I understand, he's he does a lot more writing than anything, like um, Key West and a lot of things like that. But um, honestly, there's not a whole lot of info on this movie, which yeah, is kind of strange. It's always been under the radar, man. I mean, I had a bootleg copy of it that I recorded off of satellite TV, paid pay-per-view no doubt that was the only way i ever saw this thing i never saw it on any of the hbo's or anything like that this was pay-per-view and like i said the moment it came on and you know the the movie opens up with a song by the buzzcocks and automatically i was already hooked just from the very opening yeah incredible great song yeah so yeah man i love this movie i don't i don't know if there's any more information about this out there but uh the soundtrack for this thing is just killer, man. Uh, it's a bunch of nobodies. Uh, I mean, the Buzzcocks—they, you know, they're they're out there, but are they huge? Absolutely not. There's a group that I think they were called like Rain Nine or something like that that ends up being Concrete Blonde down the road. Yeah, uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I'm trying to remember the name of that group. They were uh, I have it right here actually. They were called something Nine, I think. I think yeah. the song was called Rain. Yeah, they're called Dream Six. Dream Six. Okay, I knew it was something like that. Uh, but yeah, I tell you an interesting story about that is I, me and a buddy man we watched this movie over and over and over, and we really dug these songs. And then one day we go into I think it was a can a lot back in the day, or we called it cram a lot. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, that rain song starts playing, and we're looking at each other like, "Are we in a dream?" Because why would we be hearing that song here? It's such an obscure movie, obscure song. We walked up to the counter and we we're like, who is doing this song? And I said, that's, that's Concrete Blonde. And then when I heard her singing it, it was the same voice. So I knew, I was like, okay, they must have been this band before. Or she had this band and they did this song and they redid it for one of their albums. And uh, you're talking about just a weird deja vu thing. Because you like, it's one of those things where you feel like only you and your buddy are into this one thing. And then when you hear it come over a loudspeaker, you're like, How'd that even happen? <laughs> that's so cool. That's to me. That's one of the coolest feelings. It is. So it's, uh, it's just I a, looked up on everything. I looked up on Dream Six. That's what it said. It said uh, it would say their name, and then it would say formerly, uh, or it would say concrete, concrete blonde, formerly Dream Six. Wow, uh, pretty wild, man. 
but yeah, the soundtrack for this thing is just absolutely killer. You got some, uh, you know, diehard ska stuff from back in the day in here. Uh, like first wave ska, right? That's like some yeah, of those early first ska. wave, okay. absolutely, and just some killer music. And I don't really have a lot of sound bites of that, but trust me, the movie's got enough sound bites for everybody. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you what, though, um, this soundtrack is easily. I mean, sometimes you, you get into a movie, and you know, I, I think honestly, depending on the feel of the movie and stuff, the soundtrack can help help the movie, or it can you know take away from it in many ways. And I think this movie, like the soundtrack, really helps it out. Absolutely, yeah. They did a great job of placing the right kind of songs in the right places, and and uh, you know, and and fortunately for us, there's a whole lot of nudity in some of these songs too. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yes, there are. <laughs> and uh, not too shabby, I'll say. Anyways, I'm through being a pig. We'll get on with the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie starts off with the killer song, The Buzz Cox, playing in the background. Why can't I touch it? And you kind of see this guy coming down the road in an old truck, and he's riding in the bed of a truck, and it's full of turnips. And he's riding in the back of this truck. This is our... Our hero, I guess you would say, that we're going to follow through this movie. Pondo Sinatra is his name. and uh, <laughs> Which right there, right away, that, that, that should tell you what the kind of movie you're getting to. Right. His name is Pondo Sinatra. Pondo Sinatra. And he pulls up in the back of a turnip truck to go to college, and he's got a rebel flag on everything that he owns. Now, not because he's super redneck or super southern. I don't know. He, he just happens to has this, have this on everything he owns. And... Uh, it starts off with this set of interviews of people that it's like it's telling the story from the past. So you got all these people that have crossed paths with him, in, you know, during the story, and they're kind of giving you a rundown. So you hear, you know, he came to college in the back of a of a turnip truck, you know, and you get all this kind of story, and you get these girls that he had gone out with that said, uh, "Why is he a legend? Why is everybody talking about him?" Because I went out with him, he was a creep. So you get all this kind of backstory, that kind of stuff, and. Uh, so it sets up a really weird setting. But when he jumps out of the truck, he meets Dudley. <laughs> and not Dudley, Studley. Not Dudley, Studley. And he lives up to the name, man. This dude is cool. <laughs> <laughs> Studley starts teaching Pondo the ways of attracting women, how to be macho, how to be a man. And it's just not going well at all. And uh, so he sets Pondo up, you know, with this girl for his first date cute girl and they're out in this car and Pondo's trying to make the moves on her and <laughs> this will this will give you a definite idea of the kind of person we're talking about with Pondo so here we go here's our first sound bite for Party Animal Pondo no no Pondo why not I'm not that kind of a girl <laughs> you are Pondo stop it why oh. I don't know you Please. No. I'm a virgin. Get used to it. Please, I gotta know what it's like. I'm going blind. Pondo, don't <laughs> beg. I'm not. Drive me home. Bend over and I'll drive you home. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Ah. Uh, Pondo Sinatra, everything I've heard about you is true. You're an animal, and you're disgusting, and you're gross. Can I call you tomorrow? <laughs> Can I call you tomorrow? <laughs> I love at the beginning. She, she's like, no, why not? Why not? 
<laughs> he seems so like aggressive and angry. Oh man! So he's trying every way to get him a woman. He's just not having any luck. And there's a lot of trial and errors with some of this stuff. Uh, even to the point to where he even goes to a male strip club to try to pick up tur- girls when they're coming out because they'll be all hot and bothered, right? And uh, still no luck. Which is a weird scene to watch because, you know, these dudes are up stripping and stuff. And you're like, this lingers on this way too long for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm tired of seeing banana hammocks. Can we move on to something else? <laughs> yeah, there was, there was a lot of focus. Those two guys are wearing... A lot less than I <laughs> anticipated. Right. So, uh, you ladies out there, you may want to check out the first part of this movie. You may like it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but coming- I do think it's funny that he's sitting there in the audience the whole time, and he's the only dude there. Right. And uh, he's just kind of like, there's one point where does he like flip off one of the strippers? Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. I-, I hate to say it, but I almost modeled my life after Pondo Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so his buddy Studley, he's trying his best, man. So he rigs up this idea. He's found in this girl that's pretty loose, and they're going to go on a picnic together. And this girl's kind of a wild one. So in order to keep Pondo from saying anything unusual or out of the way, makes him say the right things, he's wired up this this old nineteen, I don't know, nineteen fifties microphone, <laughs> and runs a set of headphones out to Pondo. Where they're having this picnic, and he so he's telling him what to say in the microphone. To tell the girl, oh man, <laughs> well it's great too because it's it's like they're it looks like they're about four feet away from him. In the exactly, <laughs> and that's the thing you'll hear that in this clip right here because he's telling him through the microphone what to say, and then he turns around and, and yells, and he's like, "Would you just trust me on this?" And, and obviously everybody can hear him. So here's that clip. Champagne. Do you want some champagne? And I can do without the sham. Just give me the pen. Don't whine. Mm, don't whine. <laughs> oh, it's pun, yes? <laughs> Are you a poet? Are you a wit? I'm a nitwit. Uh, I'm a nitwit. I'm a halfwit. I'm a halfwit. I'm a moron. I'm a moron. Really? Really? <laughs> Will you just trust me on this? Okay. <laughs> Before you, I am wordless and brainless, struck dumb, and left mindless. Before the ferocious intelligence of your beauty, before the ferocious intelligence of your beauty. <laughs> so you think everything's going to work out here, right? Because he's saying the right stuff. Well, Studley, when he's coming up with these words, he's gotten all emotional, and he yanks the cable out of the microphone. So. Pondo can no longer hear him, right? And so the girl's like, already, she's like, make love to me in verse and I'm yours. And then he's looking back at, at Studley. And so he's like, just do it. Do something, right? <laughs> so this is how Pondo shoots himself in the foot every time. Oh, yeah. I am, I am. Well, then make love to me in verse. Go, do it. Do it. But I'm leaving. Uh, roses are red. Uh? Violets are blue. You got big tits, I want to suck on them, too. (laughs) 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 What's he tell her there? He he says uh, her holy spot, her fertile delta. (laughs) Yeah, the bearded bearded clam. clam. (laughs) 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 This movie is so terrible, man. (laughs) But I love it. But 
it is, but in all the right ways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's just so backwards, and he just <laughs> he messes up everything. Well, I like the scene right after this because it cuts to Studley. He's got two women in bed with him, and Pondo just walks into the room, starts hanging a noose up, and starts hanging himself <laughs> next door. He's having sex. He's like, "Man, don't you think you should knock when you come here?" He's like, "You got enough knockers in here." <laughs> he said, "What are you gonna do?" Oh, "I'm gonna kill myself." <laughs> he, he throws a rope up, and he's like pulling himself up. He's got it around his neck, so he's like pulling himself up by his neck with the rope, and then. Uh, that's when they, then they say, hey, don't give up. I mean, have you seen the school nurse? Yeah, she's beautiful. Well, she's yours. She is. And so he says, well, what do I say to her? And so we get, we get this incredible scene. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you get her to examine you. What do I say? Tell me you got a problem with your pecker. I got a problem with my pecker. Your what? My hooter. <laughs> How long have you had it? When I had my hooter all my life. <laughs> What's the problem with your member? My what? Your member. Well, I never thought of him as a member. Kind of always thought of him as a loner. <laughs> Take off your pants. <laughs> Underwear too? And he strolls up to her. <laughs> I'll take off mine if you take off yours. <laughs> Get up on the table. Oh. I don't know. So she just whacked him with a mallet between the legs. <laughs> i take off mine if you take off yours. <laughs> This is, uh, uh, this is the part where we meet Elbow, isn't it? Pretty close. Uh, I have to stop here because, man, there's a song playing right here. It's called Just a Girl. And you get this girl montage. It's pretty incredible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is when they're outside working out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In the, in the song, too. I've even tried to hunt the song down just to find a complete copy. But the only copy there is is what's in this movie. So I've actually sampled it. And I've got it like in my MP3 player so I can hear the song. <laughs> awesome <laughs> yeah i kind of like this movie coming out of that actually this is when uh pondo decides he's gonna shoot himself this time <laughs> he's in uh he's in studley's room again and studley's got two girls one on each side of him on the bed <laughs> and you kind of get this that happens oh he tells him to go see elbow okay <laughs> and he shoots one of the girls <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, Studley, I'm sorry. Hey, it's alright then. <laughs> See, and I like, that's the thing I like about this movie too, is it doesn't take itself seriously at all. Like, right. And that's that's the cool thing, is like, you, you know, it's, it's silly humor and stuff, but just the scenes like that where he blasts the girl off the bed. Yeah. yeah and, <laughs> and, then, uh, and then his friend's reaction is like, yeah, oh, it's like hey, not a big deal. hey, it's, it's alright, it's not a big deal, man. <laughs> now. We get to meet Elbow. Now, if there's a scene that this movie is known for, this is it. Because this is the quotable line from the movie more than any other. And I know a whole bunch... Everybody I know that's seen this movie, this is... They call each other Hound Dog because they know they've seen this movie. The Hound Dog champ? The Hound Dog, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, he's talking to Elbow, and Elbow is the guy that taught Studley how to get women. So, he's supposedly the sensei, the master of all of this, right? 
So we get this conversation, and it leads to, like I said, the quotable line, which is... Hound dog want to eat it up? You got to be the hound dog. You got to let that pussy know you the hound dog. Put it in your mind. Be it in your body. Hound dog's going to eat that pussy. He ain't said that boy. Hound dog is going to eat that pussy. No, no, no. Hound dog's going to eat that pussy. Hound dog is going to eat that pussy. Hound dog. Hound dog. One more. Hound dog's going to eat that pussy. Hound dog is going to eat that pussy. <laughs> Man, and the 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 scene right after this is just—it's like gold, man. It is. Like, he goes oh, to that old black party dressed yeah. as a pimp. They're all in African garb too, so it's a full-out African party. <laughs> he comes dressed like a pimp with a big crushed velvet jacket, and a big feather sticking out of his big hat he's wearing on his head. He's strutting down the street, gold medallion around his neck. <laughs> He walks up to the door and rings the doorbell and says this. <laughs> yeah, what's going on? <laughs> oh, man. That killed me, man. <laughs> All right. Hey, brothers. What happy the things tonight? Don't go home on three legs. <laughs> hey, that's what I'm talking about. Hey, you ain't a man until you made it with a tan. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Excuse me, sucker. That hound dog's not running with the pack tonight. Evening, Dolly. Evening, Dolly. <laughs> hound dogs come to make love. Hey, brothers. Listen. Take note and look. Because the hound dog, he done written the book. I'm a soul, brother. I'm a... Honky. That's a great end of that scene. Oh, and isn't it amazing that, you know, you take a movie like Weird Science where you get the scene where he's trying to talk like a black guy and it becomes really popular. Why mm-hmm. is this one not popular? <laughs> <laughs> Because this one is so far out there, man. It's just, oh, gosh. As soon as the dude opens the door and he walks in, dude, I'm just like in tears almost. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, like I said, you, you couldn't make a movie like this now if you even tried. And besides that is what happens afterwards because he, he goes back home. Well, it cuts to Studley and he's at home. and He's got this chick that's dressed up like a belly dancer in his room. He's got chicks all the time. She's dancing like a belly dancer stuff. She pulls out this big boa constrictor. So things are about to get really crazy here in Studley's room. And then again, Pondo comes busting in. <laughs> and he pulls off his hat. And he's got an afro comb jabbed through his forehead. <laughs> and he says the same old thing. I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> But that afro comb is jammed like all the all the the, the pick part of it is like all the way through his forehead, is just sticking out the front of his head. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, so ridiculous! There's a lot of really good gag humor like that in this. Oh. Then we get to uh, another highlight of the movie. 
kind of reminiscent again of of, uh, of uh, Revenge of the Nerds, which is the strip poker part. <laughs> he shows up as Lula Bell. He shows up dressed as a like a almost like a, a Mrs. Garrett <laughs> from Facts of Life. He's got on a bathrobe and rollers in his hair. And he's got a hairnet on and he's got lipstick on. And so he breaks into this dorm room and. Uh, all these girls are just in their lingerie doing stretches and stuff. And again, 14-year-old me is just going... <laughs> 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 this was incredible. And uh, so he ends up talking to girls into playing the game of strip poker. Yeah. <laughs> so, Which I love, I love this because it's not even really poker as much as it's just who has the lowest card. Yeah, yeah. they're just giving everybody one card and whoever's got the lowest card has to take some clothes off right of course he's never losing and they kind of catch on hey why don't you why do you never lose and he goes shut up <laughs> <laughs> so you get to a point to where almost all the girls are naked and he starts looking at all the boobage and then all of a sudden he has a a problem <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like that, when the, that's a pretty funny gag it really is because it's almost like it's almost like the alien it busts out of dude's chest in, in the alien movie <laughs> Because he's sitting on the floor and it just comes popping up out of his bathrobe or over his gown or whatever he's wearing. And it just, <laughs> it just like floats up in the air and he like puts his hand on it and pushes it back down and it pops back up. And this lady's like, what is that? And he goes, oh, it's just a little lady problem. And they, it sticks up again and they go, that's no lady. So they kick him out. So they find out that, you know, it was a rue all along. But just silly gags, man. I mean, everything about it. So out of that... Studley still trying to make it work for him. So he says, go to this place that I go to get my clothing, get you some nice clothes. And women just love a sharp-dressed man, right? So he's supposed to go to this place. <laughs> he's supposed to Is go to this called Hillingers? Will- Willingers. Willingers, yeah, but Willingers. Dillingers. And he goes to Dillingers, which has, it's just written in spray paint and it has an arrow pointing down a flight of stairs. <laughs> and he says, go in there and tell him I said to give you the works. And so he goes in there, and there's these people with frosted hair and pins through their nose. I mean, it's just full-on punk shop is what it is. He goes, uh, Stunley said to give me the works. And, and then it cuts to him being strapped into a chair. And they're taking, like, a drill and drilling into the side of his face and all these weird things, man. He's screaming. When he gets done, he comes out, and he walks out on the street, and he's wearing basically a burlap sack. <laughs> He's got a mohawk, and he's got these two huge pins that are going through his face and one side of his cheek coming out the other side. He's a hunchback. He's a hunchback. He's got chains around his arms. And he sees Studley out in the street. He goes, hi, Studley. And they talk off running scared. Then it breaks off into this big hunchback of Notre Dame scene where the entire town is chasing him to the middle of town. The torches. (laughs) The torches, the whole nine yards, man. He climbs up on this statue, and he's like, Then he tells them all to shut up, and it gets all real emotional. And we, and then we get this incredibly iconic, Oscar-worthy performance, which goes like this. I am not an animal. That's the line I have written down. Oh, shit, that's an 
it's an animal. <laughs> I mean, this thing has some comedic time, and it's just awesome, man. I mean, they just really knew how to put things together for this. And that guy, I mean, that's one of those things that stands out in this movie because it gets all there because it shows the emotion of everybody in the crowd and their faces you know they're all like oh I feel sorry for him that one guy's like oh man <laughs> I love that it's awesome it's another scene I, I rewound that probably about two three times just it to- <laughs> was great uh, and so when all else fails and you can't do anything here so after all that commotion Studley says this was 100% guaranteed to get you laid. We're going into this place right here. <laughs> and they go up on this front porch. And there's even a <laughs> a neon sign that just says, Whorehouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he's still dressed up in this garb like we talked about from earlier where they thought he was the hunchback and all this stuff. And he goes in there. And as soon as he walks in, he says, Hi, ladies. And all the ladies go and start clocking out <laughs> like they're off shift so they don't have to be around him and he turns around to find Studley and says man let's get out of here and he can't find Studley <laughs> Studley's already found him a chick and he's gone he says <laughs> all dressed up and nowhere to go <laughs> right after this they, they end up going to that drug party oh man yeah do drugs girls love drugs <laughs> <laughs> No, this drug party is ridiculous. It is, and I'm and I'm not a druggie by any means. But this was always my favorite scene in the whole movie, man. There's just something about the ridiculousness of this scene. You got the girl that's doing the slam dancing with the light bulb. You you got the cool music going on in the background. He comes rolling in with just duffel bags of drugs, a bong that's longer than bigger than he is. And he just starts doing this stuff. He's doing coke. He's pulling out a gardening trough to, to slap this cocaine on a table, chopping it up with a meat cleaver. <laughs> I, like, I like when he say he takes like the entire like strip of acid and like the whole thing, just eat, <laughs> eating it all. <laughs> he pulls it out, pulls the whole strip, and goes acid. And everybody's watching him. He just takes a big bite, like half the roll, then he just shoves the whole thing in his mouth, and then he sits back and goes. My God, I'm purple. And he starts doing his hands, and it's all that weird slow motion stuff. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> Ridiculous, man. That joint that he rolls was just regular, like, typing paper. <laughs> yeah. Lights it with a butane torch. Uh, that is a crazy party. I don't think I could hang there. It's nuts, man. And we <laughs> we forget, forgot to mention that throughout this whole thing, there's this one blonde chick that keeps popping up. And every time she pops up, there's like a hawk, you know, screech that's going on. And down deep through all this, it's supposed to be like she's Mother Nature, right? She's always keeping an eye on him because it's this whole thing of he makes this quote of, you know, he would sell his soul to be with a woman and all this stuff. Don't say that because, you know, or even even uh, Studley sees her in, in uh, Pondra's like, man, who's that? And he's like, pay her no mind. Don't 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 even get around her. And in his dreams and all this stuff, she keeps popping up. Well, even at this party, he gets through doing all the drugs, and he looks up from the table, and this girl with a, a wig comes up, and she pulls a wig off, and it's the same girl. So she just kind of keeps popping in. It really doesn't mean a lot. She's just in it all the time. I kind of saw her as almost being like a devil-type character. Like sure. She's around those few times when he says that to Studley, where he's like, you know, I would sell my soul for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm from the South. Well, I'm sure Southern people get laid, Studley. We lost the war. Yeah, I know, but that was a long time ago. A defeat like that kills all the romance in a woman's heart. (laughs) (laughs) 
so coming out of that, this is <laughs> this is the scene where he goes to Sex R Us, the the sex shop. And, they, and I like the scene because artistically they went to black and white, which I thought was yep. kind of cool. Yeah, security camera. You know, it's kind of like what, what uh, they did with Clerks. You know, but this kind of works for this scene because it's like you're watching a security camera. And of course, he's walking around and looking at all the the devices, right? And then you get the two guys working behind the counter that are just sleaze balls, and they're talking politics, but they're using dildos to explain the <laughs> policies. I don't have that sound bite because it goes on for about five minutes, but you have yeah, to see this, whole, folks. The whole yeah. time he's sitting there playing on the wall with that stuff, like those two guys are just talking that entire time. <laughs> So he finally walks up to the countertop or to the counter and says, uh, the guy says, can I help you? He said, yeah. He said, uh, I'm just looking for, for a device. Well, what are you kind of looking for? Give me the give me the best one you got. And, then the, and one of the guys says, the M5, boss? And he's like, no, kid, you're not ready for the M5. Oh, yeah, I think I want the M5. Son, you don't want the M5. And the other guy's like, man, the M5 is the greatest sexual device ever created. And he's, he's like, I want the M5. Then you cut away to... Uh, Pondo's apartment or room, whatever he's in. He's dressed like Napoleon. <laughs> he actually has a really attractive girl in there with him. Yeah, yeah. She's the, and he says, now, you just stay right there. I'll be right back. And he goes to the window and looks outside and elbow standing out there by this huge generator. I mean, like one you would pull behind a truck. <laughs> he goes, all right, elbow, turn it on. So he goes back in the room and he's got this vibrator that's, I don't know, seven foot tall. <laughs> it looks like a rocket you can send to space. Right. And it's got a big red light on the end of it going, doo, doo. <laughs> and she's laying on the bed and he brings it in and it casts a shadow over her. <laughs> and she starts screaming. And this, you know, because it's turned on, so it's vibrating and stuff. And he goes, he looks at the elbow, turn it off. Well, elbow goes to turn it off, and he hits the wrong thing, throws it in high gear. So you get some fast motion where they speed the thing up. Next thing you know, the generator blows up, and the electricity goes off across the whole campus. <laughs> and after this is when he has to meet with the dean, right? Yeah, yeah he goes to the dean, and she's actually got the, the, the M5 standing there in her office. <laughs> and she's warning him that, you know, this kind of, you know, this kind of actions can't be tolerated, and you know we're going to be keeping an eye on you and all this stuff. And uh, so he's he's feeling kind of defeated, and uh, so he goes to class the next day. And this is a great scene too, man. This is where the science teacher's up there talking, and he brings up and he brings up aphrodisiac. So Pondo asks, "Hey, d- doctor, what is an aphrodisiac?" And we get this, <laughs> we get this incredible explanation. Aphrodisiac comes from the African root. <laughs> Afro, meaning large penis. <laughs> Und the Greek, aphrodisiac, which means want it bad. Now, please repeat after me. Aphrodisiac and large penis want it bad. <coughs> you got it. <laughs> oh, what a science teacher, man. <laughs> oh. That, that, that scene actually turns uh, Pondo into uh, a mini scientist himself. Oh yeah, yeah. Then it starts the quest. He's got to find the aphrodisiac that's make things gonna happen. 
And uh, from here on, uh, it's just insane. Absolutely insane what goes on in this movie because he starts creating these bottles of spray. He goes out with a chick and he just takes his chances and just sprays them in the face with it. Well, the first chick he sprays... It just she, she goes bald. I mean, instantly he sprays all of her hair is gone. The second girl, he sprays. She turns into a gorilla, <laughs> and she's wearing like a little French beanie hat or whatever, <laughs> or beret. <laughs> so there's this gorilla sitting there with his beret on, shooting him the bird. <laughs> and then the third girl, he's decided the sprays are not a good idea, so he decides to make these pills. Well, these other girls come in. I guess they just absolutely hate Pondo, so they decide that they switched out the pills he created with gas pills, because that's what you do, you know, in these kind of movies, I guess. <laughs> so he goes to this chick's house, and she's Italian, you know, kind of a hottie, very, very, very sophisticated. And uh, Studley sets him up with her. And he, I, I love the scene when he walks up to the door. And he knocks on the door and she, you know, she comes out and says something. Everything she says in Italian is food. <laughs> Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah. Ferracini Alfredo. <laughs> you know, a spaghetti. <laughs> but he walks up and she says something in Italian. And he goes, Bonderno. <laughs> And he takes, she's got a little veil that's hanging off her hat, real sophisticated, and he, he lifts it up, and he takes one of those little party horns you used to get back in the day, and when you blew it, it would extend out. And he gets up close to her, and he does that, and it hits her in the face, so she makes a reaction, like, and it opens her mouth, and he just shoves this pill in her mouth. <laughs> now, he just met this lady, <laughs> and he forces this pill down her throat, and then it cuts to them driving down the road, and they're in the car, and it's all real quiet. And he's like looking at her like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. This is going good. And she's kind of making faces like she's smiling, trying to be polite. And all of a sudden, she just starts ripping them. (laughs) (laughs) And again, I don't have the sound bite here because you just have to see in this scene because it's just it's it's just one of a kind. It goes on forever to the to the point to where he's opening the car door and fanning the door as he's driving down the road. Hands her a bottle of Pepto-Bismol. I mean, it's your typical kind of gags. Puts on a gas mask. You know, hey, he's cool with it. He's going on like he'd have a gas mask in his car. And then they, she gets all upset, and she pulls out a cigarette. And, of course, you'd imagine he's trying to tell her, no, don't light a match. She can't hear him because he's wearing the, <laughs> the gas mask. He, <laughs> she lights the match, and boom, whole car blows up. <laughs> and this is where you get where he goes back to the dean's office. And all the girls that he's done this stuff to are sitting there. <laughs> well, I like this though because like they don't they don't really like hand over to them until the conversation's over with the dean. Right. And she's, it's almost like he doesn't notice how hideous they all are until he looks over. Right. And, and she's and, like, Lord knows what I'm gonna tell the parents of these poor children. <laughs> and it's just I mean, you get your your first couple that you saw from the beginning, the one that's bald, the gorilla, and then it just keeps panning out. <laughs> And it just gets worse. The girl that that blew up in the car is just like a burnt carcass laying there. (laughs) There's one that's an alien, like like an alien from an old 50s science fiction movie. There's there's one that looks like Julia from Hellraiser 2, where she's like all in bandages like a mummy. (laughs) I mean, it's just ridiculous, man. But I love it so much. So at this point, he's kicked out of school. And he's, so he's going back and he's cleaning up where he's made all this mess with his science project. 
and he's just just pouring all the chemicals together in this one little you know little bucket that he's got and uh, some of it splashes up on him and stuff and this girl walks by and all of a sudden she gets a little twinkle in her eye then she just comes up and attacks him she goes kiss me and he goes kiss her she she slaps him in the face <laughs> and this i'm saying i don't know if you thought that was funny or not but you know it, it shows him afterwards after the act and he's like that was wonderful and it cuts back to him and she, she's like just slapping him in the face the whole time and just real real yeah. rough with him and stuff he's just like <laughs> getting abused and you know like he a, jumps on top like yeah. she's a wrestler <laughs> Oh, man, just ridiculous, man. And then he gets up, and he's like, man, this stuff's eating me alive. And he goes, and he washes off that spot that's on his arm. And he goes back to kiss her, and she's like, don't you touch me, and slaps him and walks off. So he's thinking, man, how weird, you know? And uh, then he leaves, and Elbow sees all the stuff he left behind. He starts pouring it down the sink. And then all of a sudden, Pondo realizes, oh, man, it was that stuff. So he goes back, and Elbow hasn't poured it all out yet, so... He takes what's left and just drinks it. So now Pondo has drunk this stuff, and when it does, the lightning flashes, and then that's when we get our rain song, which, we, like we said, was the Concrete Blonde song. And this is an impressive video, because this is where he becomes Mr. Cool. He's sitting in this chair, and you got these hotties all over the place. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. It's pretty awesome. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, total total dude movie for sure. Uh, so from there, uh, he starts realizing that everybody wants him. So he gets Dudley. He said, "Watch this, man." He said, "They're standing outside." He just yells at this girl all the way across the campus, and she comes running. She's taking off her clothes while running to him. She she drops like all of her books and everything. Yeah, yeah, and attacks him, and they just go at it right there on the ground. And then Studley says, all right, I got a challenge for you. We're going to see if this is true because no man's ever done this. And he takes him, takes him to a sorority house, and it's called I Felt a Thigh. Yeah. <laughs> and he basically goes from room to room, and he's just every girl that's in there. I mean, it's all in fast motion, kind of like a Benny Hill <laughs> kind of skit. At the end, there's this one girl down the hall, and boy, she's a whopper. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, dragging him in by his legs. <laughs> uh, so when he he comes out, he's victorious and Studley's so proud of him. But then it gets to it gets to where uh, he's going to try to get back in college because he feels like that he can be redeemed with all this. We forgot to mention that uh, the secu- the security the secretary for the dean, the dude <laughs> with, with the with the Vaseline on his desk, <laughs> right. <laughs> So the first time Pondo walks in, he's just grossed out by him. And then this time he walks in, and this secretary is making all kinds of moves. And he says, don't worry, you won't feel a thing. See these fingers? They can work magic. <laughs> and Pondo runs off. and he, some KY. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, holds up, holds up a tube of KY. No, 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 no. He kind of turns into uh, Stephen King in the uh, creep show there for no, no, no. Uh-oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> But he goes into Dean's office, and he goes, Dean, I, I come to try to get back in. And she turns around, and it's not the Dean. He goes, you are not the Dean. Matter of fact, I've got that sound bite right here. You are not Dean Fox. No, honey, I'm the new Dean. <laughs> Wait, what? Look what the gods done sent me. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, that Dean was a guy dressed oh, yeah. as a woman, right? Absolutely. Okay, I was apparently <laughs> certain because she was big. She was like tall yeah. and huge. No, honey, I'm the new Dean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny, man. Uh, so then he goes to class the next day, and all these girls keep bothering him. He's, he's, he's just trying to get some rest, and he can't go anywhere now because they're all bothering him everywhere he goes. And he just wants to be left alone. So now it shows him, just like before, being chased by all the townspeople. Now he's being chased by all the girls on the campus. He's trying to shut himself into his room. They're breaking through the windows like a zombie flick. I mean, they're like attacking him, trying to bust down the doors. I was say, do you have the audio of what, what he says to Absolutely. Studley? Absolutely. Yep. I Studley's, love that. Studley's like, come on, man. I thought that's what you always wanted. And then he says this. I don't know if I like this anymore. I know this is every man's dream. I'm scared and I'm tired. Go! King Midas. Everything I touch turns to Poontang. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, you're you're gonna end up watching this movie twenty times and you'll end up quoting so much of this movie, man. It's just it's just one of those. <laughs> it is. I I can tell right away, yeah. Yeah. It's got so much, and the more you watch it, the more things you'll pick up on. Like when he's riding across the campus on the bicycle, and he's looking at girls, and he's not watching, and he runs over somebody that's laying there. <laughs> it's just got so much stuff in it, man. And so from this point, he's he's trying to go in in, in uh, incognito and stay away from everybody, and he goes to the laundry mat. <laughs> <laughs> it's an unfortunate day. It really is because the same day he's there, there's about four, five hundred. There's more than four, <laughs> four or five great big ladies there washing their clothes, uh, and it's it's offensive because you know while they're there, they're, there's like pig sounds and. <laughs> Whenever, whenever, whenever they figure out that he's there and they run at him, it's an elephant sound. Right. <laughs> yeah. So they're all there and they're not paying attention. And all of a sudden, they realize he's there and they all attack him. And then it just flashes to a tombstone <laughs> in the middle of campus, though. Yeah, it's like in the flower bed up front. <laughs> and of course, it's got you know a rebel flag on it, of course. And then out of nowhere, I think Studley's standing there, and all of a sudden he sees a little white rabbit comes by, and it's got a little rebel flag on its back. So it's like he's been I reincarnated as a rabbit. Yeah, but, Elbow said that to him, right? Like about, about reincarnation? Yeah, yeah. yeah. About <laughs> karma, yeah. Right. So that all ties back in. And that's the way this movie ends. Again, man, I just I love this movie so much. And it's like a lot I said, of fun. It's it, a lot of fun. It really is. It's wrong in every form and fashion. Killer soundtrack, super hot '80s chicks, just tons of funny stuff, man. I, I just absolutely love it. And so, it's streaming, if anybody wants to watch it, it's 100 free on YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's the place to check it out. Uh, to me, it's just one of those that you know, if you like those '80s kind of sex romp movies, you have to have this one. It's one that's just nobody knows about, and they should because I think it. I think it holds up. It's it's just as funny as, as anything and you know, a little risky, man. I mean, like I said, there's things in this that and it may be why it's not popular because there's things in here that you just can't really <laughs> really push out there anymore. But uh I don't know. Uh I'm just super fond of it. Great memories for me. 
<laughs> it's a lot of fun, and, and that's the thing is it never like the the pace never slows anything like that because it's only like an hour and eighteen minutes long, and yep. it's like you said it starts off immediately with that great song. He's in the back of the turnip truck. You get the you know the narration and the interviews, and then from there it just kicks off and never stops. Yeah, yeah. And you just you fall and in so, love with Pondo. I like that. <laughs> Well, I love that he's in the back of the truck at the beginning. He's actually eating the turnips. Right. <laughs> Just raw turnips, man. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, but, man. Uh, uh, our typical spill on this. How would you upgrade this movie? I wouldn't, man. I'd leave it just like it is. <laughs> I love everything about it. My only thing I would probably upgrade, and it would only probably cause about five more minutes of footage, would be a little bit more with um, Elbow. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's one of those characters you kind of wish there were some more run-ins with. I mean, at least he was out there running the generator. You know, I did I did enjoy yeah. that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, absolutely great. Good lessons learned from bad movies. I, I, my 14-year-old self learned a lot from this movie. <laughs> <laughs> All I said for that was that uh, apparently too much of a good thing can exist. Absolutely, yeah. Too much <laughs> love can kill you. <laughs> Much love can kill you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just, uh, you know, be careful what you ask for because you just might get it, right? <laughs> exactly. Okay, so Johnny, where do, you, where do you think this thing sits on the bus, man? Uh, honestly, um, didn't really have anything negative to say about this movie at all, man. I mean, yeah, I, I put it up toward the front, like up and you know. Yeah, it's it's a first rower for me. It, it, I don't know if we've put yeah. anything on the first row yet or not, but. This, I think this we one, have maybe so, but, but I would I would put this on the first row for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, it doesn't meet a lot of the caliber of like a Samurai Cop or something like that. But this is just one of those movies that I don't know where else I'd even get the chance to talk about this movie. And it does fit, you know, the qualifications for what we're doing here because it is super low budget. You can tell that these are just some young people, some young college kids making a movie. Uh, and it just works. Uh, check this out, man. Uh, the guy who plays the main character in this, Pondo, um, Dr. Matthew Causey, he's a senior lecturer in the School of Drama, Film, and Music at Trinity College in Dublin. <laughs> and he's received his BFA from the California Institute of Arts, MA from New York University, and PhD from Stanford University. Wow. And uh, it, it, when you look up all the stuff on him, it looks like, yeah, like he was like a, an assistant professor at Georgia Institute of Technology. Like, dude's gone on to do some pretty. I mean, when you look at this character, it's just funny how, you know, I, I can only imagine if he shows this to people now. Right. It's like a Billy Bob Thornton thing because you think of Sling Blade and then you see what else he can do and you're like, wow. <laughs> Not that I'm comparing Sling Blade to Party Animal by any means. <laughs> no. All right, man, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this. Doms and subs, masters, mistresses, and slaves, owners and pets, daddies, mommies, and littles, primals and prey, switches, heathens, kinksters and deviants, welcome to Legion After Dark.
Legion After Dark is a movie review podcast with a kinky twist. I'm your host, Lady M, and every episode I'll be reviewing a movie with a BDSM or kink theme. I'll also be talking about books, sex toys, bondage equipment, all the fun things that make life grand. I'll be featuring a different kink each episode, and I'll even give you a song to sing to. So join us on Legion After Dark, coming soon to Legion Podcast Network. that's gonna do it for another episode right here hey i hope you enjoyed this episode because i know i did i think johnny had a good time with it too it's always a nervous thing when you're exposing a movie that you really kind of care about to somebody else because you want them to have the same opinion and uh, i think i had the luck of the draw here i think johnny had a good time with this one too i honestly i mean i think uh honestly this is one of those movies that a lot of people could really get behind yeah even you know, I mean, if you go into it just kind of knowing what it is and stuff, because it's it's fun. It doesn't. We said earlier, it doesn't take itself seriously. It just goes in and has fun. Has a great soundtrack. Everything. You know, it's in and out yeah. like a hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, if you want to check this one out, you can watch it on YouTube for free. Uh, you can find some of the songs if you're interested in some of those, because I'm telling you, they just get stuck in your head. Uh, I watched this many times. And there's so many of those songs that I wish I could actually find copies of, but they're just not out there. I'm going to keep searching, though. The, the the search never ends. And one day I will have a complete soundtrack for Party Animal. They actually did release it on cassette. But did they really? Yeah. But finding it's just impossible. So, uh, But that's that's a big one for me. So if anybody's out there and you're familiar with this movie and you have the soundtrack, man, I would be your best friend if you can get me a copy of that. <laughs> so if anybody can find that, <laughs> let me know. Just uh, keep your ears open. Like I said, we got uh, more more shows coming up. Well, we're just kind of getting back going with this, and I believe we're going to start having some guests coming on. Really excited about that because uh, these folks are, are people that's been wanting to come on, on the show for a long time, and uh, it's time it's time to get them on here. And, and we've had movies picked for them for a while, and they've suggested things. So I'm anxious to see kind of where that leads. We had some great you know fun with the folks we had on before. And uh, it's just going to be fun, man. We want to we want to keep enjoying this and hope you do, too. And uh, if you're not listening, we don't really have a reason to do the show. So we appreciate you people listening. And don't forget to oh, listen yeah. to all of our other shows, man. If, if you haven't stopped and listened to, to Kruger Nation, go back and dig up some of those shows, man. Great, great show. That made me a fan of Johnny Krug. And that's, you know, luckily, I can't believe that we're actually doing something together. But, you know. His show is so influential on me, so you guys need to check that show out. Go check out Helming Power Hour. Check out Pod- Podcast Under the Stairs, all the stuff on Legion, uh, The Witch versus Doomsday Clock, Doomsday Clock. I mean, there's a ton of stuff on there to go check out. And, uh, yeah, just uh, just uh, support Legion Podcast because we've got some good things going on, some exciting things coming up. And uh, Johnny and I are just going to keep on cranking this stuff out, man. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a blast. I'm, I'm stoked. We have so many things coming up. It's going to be great. Absolutely. So, folks, if there's nothing else, it's time for us to get on out of here. 
Y'all have a good rest of your whatever it is, and we'll talk to you later. Adios. Peace. Peace.